How could people think God is dead if I show them the devil? That's a quote from Father Moore. We're going to do the exorcism of Emily Rose today from 2005, but we have a little, uh, it's a little different episode because this is actually based off of a true story, uh, based off true events uh, that took place in the 70s in Germany, uh, the tragic life of Annalise Michelle. And uh, I have a brief um, audio recording of, of her exorcisms, and uh, they are truly fucking terrifying. But uh, yeah, without further ado, here we go. Thanks, Jack. Welcome back to Little Hops of Horrors podcast. I am John, as always, your host. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, getting some cool statistics in, man. We're going global all of a sudden. Uh, as of uh, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, I was looking at uh, uh, on this app that I use, this program that I use that to record. It, it can track where people are listening to the podcast from. And like I mentioned before, you know, we're in the Philippines, we're in India, Canada, the United States, and now Germany just popped up. So. And that's kind of fitting given, um, you know, what we're going to talk about today. But uh, like I said, we're, we're covering the exorcism of Emily Rose from 2005, um, sitting at only 44% uh, from Rotten Tomatoes, which I, this is where I disagree with them hardcore. I uh, wasn't sure I was going to hold up. I literally only watched it one time. Uh, and this was right after it came out, probably watched it 2006, 2007, somewhere in that area on DVD at my house by myself when I still lived at home with my parents. And it scared the shit out of me then. I was very uh, uneasy <laughs> after watching it, especially with all the uh, the time-related stuff. You know, everything was happening at 3 a.m., but I don't know. It just got real quiet in my house after I watched it. So it definitely dorked me out. Um, 75% on Google users. Uh, we, we're we thinking it's a 9 out of 10, honestly. Uh, I, I love this movie. Um, and maybe maybe I have a soft spot given that these were unfortunately based on the uh, the tragic life and death of Annalise Michelle. Um, and what I do really like about this, uh, it's directed by Scott Derrickson, uh, famously for Sinister, which is considered the scariest movie of all time, uh, based on uh, beats per minute. Um, scientifically, yeah, I, I don't think it's the scariest movie of all time. It is great. Don't get me wrong. It is a, you know one of the best modern horror movies. I still got to put exorcism above it. That's the most terrifying fucking film, I think, and in, in out of context, you know, or in context, not out of context, whatever. Um, taking place in the seventies, I could not imagine having seen that film and how graphic and you know, no smartphone to run to and just double check, like, holy shit, is this real? <laughs> uh, they tried so hard to prevent that movie from getting out uh, into theaters, and it's I'm I'm glad they let it out. So, okay. Anyway, he, uh, he did Sinister. He's also done Black Phone recently. Uh, this is Scott Derrickson, by the way, uh, and Deliver Us from Evil, which I don't know if I've seen that one, but Black Phone was, that was okay. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Uh, pretty much a one-time watch. Um, now on to our, uh, our beer. We're going to do our beer and then I'll, I'll touch briefly on, uh, Annalise Michelle. So today we're doing, uh, as I promised, um, uh, a beer from Germany, just one today. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, next week we're going to try to do some Oktoberfest beers, um, and then maybe get rolling into some Halloween and pumpkin, you know, fall beers. Uh, we're doing a Ventus Eibach, E I S B O C K Eibach, um, 
12%, right? So it's a heavy hitter. So I really don't need any more than that. Uh, <laughs> sitting at 3.8 uh, on untapped. Um, these aren't my favorite style. I literally just got it to, to drink it, review it, talk about it. That's all. Um, these are these are heavy hitting beers you want around uh, fire around Christmas or, you know, those colder months. It's it's like that dark ale profile. Um, it's it's really malty. Oh, sorry if you guys heard that, which is my least favorite uh, flavor in a beer, um, malt. Just not that. I don't like it. This is actually um, not as malty as I was expecting. Some of these can be just like malt bombs, and it's just such a turnoff for me. Actually, the uh, the Ibox is actually like a super crazy beer. For um, any of you that are familiar with Brewdog, uh, they famously did um, all of their high-gravity um, beers uh we actually got our hands on one um it was called strength in numbers they did a uh, a collaboration with somebody man that's only sitting at 3.65 <laughs> i know we're not drinking that i did have it uh i believe beginning of this year i'm looking at my untapped right now uh yes guys we are on untapped if you want to follow along um just look up little hops of horrors podcast we're on there uh but it's one of the strongest beers ever made. It's 57.8%. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Uh, and they do some kind of like freeze dry something. Wait a minute. I got to go back and look at that. Okay. I thought that they collabed with this brewery that I was drinking. Uh, all these breweries, uh, you know, kind of look the same. <laughs> um, at least the names, you know, from a, from a quick glance. Uh, anyway. Okay. So five minutes, you know, six minutes in here. Let's talk about this movie. But first, let's talk about uh, Annalise Michelle. For those of you who are not familiar, um, we're just going to jump right into the, these little notes that I, I have written down. On July 1st, age just 23, Annalise Michelle passed away, a result of malnutrition, dehydration, because she had fallen mentally ill over the past few years. Or was it something else? Annalise Michelle's case is one of the most intriguing stories of the 21st century in that she was subject, 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 should be subjected, huh? Maybe it's just, she was subject. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Correcting myself on the spot here. Subjected to over 65 exorcisms over a 10, 10 month period. Annalise Michelle was believed to have been possessed. She would growl, scream in other languages, harm herself, eat bugs, and even drink her own urine. When she passed away, she weighed a mere 68 pounds. This was a woman, right? She was you know, 23 years old, um, 68 pounds. Like they're, they're like 10 year old kids that weigh that 12 year old kids, you know? So she, you know, she's just emaciated. Her case is one of the most documented exorcisms in history. You can find a lot of her recordings and everything, um, on the web. Uh, look on YouTube. They actually did do a movie. I think I, I can't remember what it was called, um, but you can just look up Annalise Michelle and uh, movie, and this will come up immediately. But also one that they did. It's just like tapes from hell or something like that. And it it's it, what it didn't get really good reviews, so I didn't even mention it uh, like by the title. Um, I will say that I have listened to these. Uh, Time Suck does a really good job. There's like a two-part episode, and they go in-depth. If you guys are interested in learning a little more about her and you dig the podcast, um, Dan Cummins kills it over there. He's fucking great. Uh, I was actually just listening to him cover Watergate <laughs> while I was cutting the grass today. So 
Um, I didn't get to learn a lot about old Dick Nixon because I ran out of grass. So maybe, maybe next week. Anyway, back to uh, Annalise Michelle. There were two priests that performed all these exorcisms and they were charged with negligent homicide. And so were her parents. This movie, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, is based on her life. The film follows the trial and the events surrounding it. So briefly, I'm just going to play this little snippet um, of what the audio that I found, for some reason, they added in some like background music. And I think it's like 20 or 30 seconds, but you'll hear her uh, right off the bat. And she is truly scary. These are actual recordings of Annalise Michelle, uh, the woman believed to have been possessed in the 70s and the woman that this movie is based off of. So here we go. So uh, that does end kind of quickly, you know, I was trying to time it, but the, the recording I pulled it from was like an hour of that. And I was trying to find the most intense and uh, without subjecting myself to listening to that because it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if you guys can relate, but that really just gets under my skin that that's a human being making those noises. It's fucking unnerving. How about we talk about this movie? But first, let me get a beer, and I actually have to pause because I have to clear my throat. So you guys think about all those voices while I hit this pause here for a second. Yes, I realize that that pause is not relayed onto the uh, the actual recording, so it's just like a two-second pause <laughs> on your end. Um, this beer is interesting. Um, just, it tastes like you're like drinking Christmas or something along those lines. You get a lot of those you know, dark fruit like uh, you know, almost cinnamon, like banana bready kind of flavor. Uh, I don't know why that reminds me of Christmas, but it does. So, all right, we're going to jump into the movie. So it starts out basically, uh, you know, two priests that are charged with negligent homicide. And it ends up being one uh, in the movie, Father Moore, who is the quote that we pulled from earlier in the uh, podcast. And uh, she, you know, he gets some hotshot attorney uh, who just got off, you know, some like convicted felon, some murderer got him off on some kind of plea bargain or whatever. Now he's free again. And uh, so she's on her way up and wants to take this case to like get her to the next level. Um, and he doesn't really care what happens to him. And uh, he says, I just want to tell her story. That's it. And he wants to get to the stand and her, uh, her bosses are very adamant about like not letting that happen. So there's some self-preservation here, uh, that, that the lawyer does, you know, uh, take upon herself here for a little bit because she's trying to win. She's trying to get partner, you know, uh, I mean, I guess I can't blame her, but they basically, you know, they run through a couple of witnesses. Uh, the prosecutors are, are just, just you know, wiping the floor with this guy. They do show a picture of, um, of 
Emily Rose after she's, you know, dead post-mortem. And it does look very similar to uh, Annalise Michelle when she passed away. I'm going to attach uh, to this post a uh, picture of before and after Annalise Michelle. And it is, it's just really, you know, it's sad. It's very, it's unnerving that this happened to somebody. Now, this is way before the time that we really took, you know, mental health seriously. Uh, I mean, obviously not in this country, but in the world. Uh, so maybe that, that had played into it. Maybe it was something more, you know, uh, unfortunately it cost this young girl her life. Um, so the lawyer's just kind of going through her, you know, uh, her, her rhythms, her, her motions and weird things keep happening, uh, right at 3 AM. That's, that's when all of this starts. And we'll talk about 3 AM here in a little bit and why that's significant. Um, it's actually kind of cool, but, uh, I didn't know. Now I know. So now I look at 3 a.m. a little differently. Um, I hope my son stays asleep from 3 to 4 so I don't have to be awake in the house <laughs> and see any shadows or some shit. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. No, thank you. Um, so Emily seemingly has like a normal life at school, you know, as Annalise Michelle did. And she smells, uh, you know, burning sulfur, something along those lines. And she's, you know, goes to investigate. Nothing happens. Now that's documented as a sign of a demon or a demonic presence. Uh, anytime you smell something like that, now don't get paranoid in your everyday life. Uh, but maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe just grab some sage and keep it in the house just in case. You never know. <laughs> this shit is uh, is really terrifying when you when you think about it and hear all these stories and watch these videos and oof. It, it's the possibility that it could happen. Highly unlikely, but the fact that it could happen and you can get like heavy poltergeist activity and like decorations in my fucking office could fly off the wall at me right now for me talking about it and pissing it off. Uh, anyway, okay. So <laughs> uh, nothing really happens at first. And so Emily goes back to bed and this is a really cool scene and also very terrifying. Um, she's laying in bed and something very heavy gets on the mattress, uh, very heavy, and you can't see it. You just see the the imprints. And I I don't know what I would do in that situation. Probably just wet the bed because what else would you do? And it climbs on top of her, and she cannot move, and it begins to choke her. And uh, she wakes up very, very, you know, distraught and alarmed and panicking. And who the fuck wouldn't if that happened, you know? So nothing, you know really happens uh from that uh, she kind of moves on in in her life and um the doctors talk about her being um you know epileptic epileptic uh there's a lot of words in this <laughs> that are fucking with my pronunciation uh abilities and they believe her to be epileptic epileptic oh my god let me fucking look at it so i can see epileptic okay all right, they're epileptic. There we go. Done. Um, they believe her to be that. So they try to put her on medication to, you know, prevent the seizures and the outbursts and all that other stuff. Uh, it comes up that the priest says, I don't think you should take that because I don't think it's doing you any good. Uh, so that's, you know, they're, they really lay out that the priest, like, is, you know, discrediting any medical advice and this and that. And he's just putting this girl in danger and, you know, just really, really leaning into just making this dude look like a total piece of shit, which is unfortunate, you know? Um, and the priest 
comes forth and says, oh shit, hold on. This pause button has saved me so much grief. I heard one of the dogs uh, pipe up and I'm here by myself. Uh, and I was just waiting for all hell to break loose because my wife's not home and they're anticipating her arrival with uh, our son. So let's get moving. Where the fuck was I? Ah, the father, uh, Father Moore talks about that there are forces surrounding this trial and, um, you know, it's, it's a little creepy and that kind of explains why there's weird shit happening at the lawyer's house. Um, she wakes up and like, you know, the doors open and all this shit's happening in her house. And like, that would be fucking terrifying. If you're just going about your daily life one day, you get involved in like something that may or may not have some demonic, whatever entities. And now weird shit starts happening around your house, you know, and you have nothing to do with <laughs> that would, Oh God, that would make me very uneasy. Uh, as you can see, this is the stuff that gets to me. Um, so anyway, back to Emily, she begins having these visions in class and around campus and uh, everything that she sees, all these friendly faces and all of this stuff, uh, they begin screaming at her and having these demonic looks, you know, black eyes and fangs and wide mouths and all this just very unnatural. And I could not imagine that being your your everyday life, your horror, your your real nightmare, your real life nightmare, just waking up and going out to see, you know, going to grab, you know, groceries and everybody that looks at you that is seemingly normal in real life, uh, actually just looks like a demon screaming at you. I mean, oh, now I know it's just a movie and everything, but you wonder, you know, some of these like severely mentally ill people, uh, if, if that, if that is, you know, a kind of hell that, that they have to battle through, uh, sometimes. And if that is the case, that is very fucking terrifying. Um, Regardless, uh, things obviously start getting worse for her and you know, more and more things. She ends up going to a church and some weird shit, you know, just starts folding into positions and all this stuff and letting out fucking roars and growls and all this stuff. And it's just, it's getting, it's getting to that point. So they decide to maybe get her to back home. And, uh, that's where the end of the trial ends that day. The lawyer <laughs> keeps going through some more stuff. I don't know. That was an awkward uh, start up there. Sorry. The lawyer, um, more weird things are happening around and it's always on, you know, it's always at 3 AM. Now we're going to talk about it cause I keep bringing it up. Uh, it's known as the witching hour or the devil's hour. It's the opposite time of day when Jesus is, you know, agreed to have been killed. Like that's the time that they settled on. So the devil and those associated with him, uh, that's when they tend to be the most active. It's their way of mocking, you know, the death of Christ. Um, whether you believe in that stuff or not, um, I, I, th I think a lot of people talk a big game until, you know, shit gets real <laughs> one way or the other. Uh, if they were to encounter some kind of entity in their house i'm sure they'd be like yeah let's call a priest like oh i thought you didn't believe <laughs> or if you're facing death in whatever manner like ah let me just square up with the big guy just in case you know that's when you get your last rights um uh, i don't uh i don't believe one way or the other it's kind of hard to deny that there is such an existence uh but do i believe it to be told the way we know probably not anyway uh 
I don't know, but all these, you know, they start talking about Matthew and all this, all these crazy books and the priests read everything in Latin. I don't know, man. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. This whole, you know, fucking demonic possession in Christ and demons and Satan and all that other shit. So we're getting towards the end of this trial here. She's diagnosed with a rare condition. Upon further review, it's like a self-diagnosed one from some like experimental doctor. So that's shut down right away. A lot of back and forth on the trial. You know, it feels like the prosecutors really making the father look like shit and uh, not the dad, the, the priest. And uh, the defense does does her job. She does the best that she possibly can and bringing him out, even though she's not, you know, doesn't feel like she's, uh, you know, succeeding. Now that Emily's back home, they start telling this story a little more. You're getting more and more of the reenactment. Um, this is where Jennifer Carpenter really, really takes off. And I wish they had shown a little more of her and focused a little more on this story um, because it is really fascinating. And they did do it justice. This isn't like the conjuring where, you know, there's fucking a tornado in a bedroom and, you know, everything's flying around like. It's pretty believable that this is like maybe kind of how it would go down. Um, she is so good. She, I, I don't know what award she could have won for this because uh, horror movies always get shat on, you know, by the Academy, so they can suck a dick. Um, but she, oh, she kills it. Like she puts so much effort into being, well, like a possessed woman. Uh, she, she does, she does make it very believable, uh, to the point where, you know, weird things are happening at home. You know, her sister goes to check on her. She sees, you know, Emily on the ground, like muttering to herself and doing whatever, and then turns around and sees her like eating bugs. And, uh, you know, that happened with, you know, Annalise Michelle and, uh well that and she was also like drinking her own urine man that's that's gotta be so rough to deal with oh my god just the, i mean this all happened that's what fucking that's what gets me about this stuff is like this is you know and everything that i've listened to and all that stuff like this isn't this movie isn't like that far-fetched so i think you know scott derrickson did a great job at really depicting what it's like um well, you know, kind of what happened is a little more of a modern take you know because it does take place in like 2000 or whatever but you get my point um, the fence tries to bring on some new, you know, experts to kind of help their case along. They bring on like some spiritual experts saying that she was, you know, uh, very in touch with that side. Uh, she was very connected. So she was more susceptible to a possession and everything. And you can't prove that, you know, it's not science. It's not on paper. So, you know, it's hard to get that across. What they do have is a doctor and that's what they're planning on bringing up to the stand here. We have one more weird, um, before we get to like the last day or the last few days of the trial, um, Aaron is given that she's the lawyer, uh, the defense lawyer. She's given a new piece of evidence from the doctor. He, he does decide to come forward. Um, and he brings the exorcism tape and of everything that, that happens. And this is where they do the, the live reenactment of what happens. And this is where, I mean, I, th I think it's fantastic. They finally put the, the priest on, you know, the stand. And they 
begin to talk about, well, they play the tape. So sorry, a little brain fart there. Uh, I thought I scrolled down. I did not scroll down on my notes. So <laughs> um, I talked about that part already. So there's a lot to unpack here, uh, but it's basically Jennifer Carpenter, top tier performance. Um, I mean, really everybody does does pretty well in this film. I, I found myself, uh, you know, captivated multiple times because it does, you know, the lawyers are great. Uh, it does feel like a real trial. You know, it feels like something you're like, oh shit, that's a good point. Like, I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> then again, I'm not a lawyer. Um, but there's a really cool scene where, you know, they begin the exorcism and they start praying and all this stuff. And, you know, the name of the father and son and son of so-and-so and like, you know, deliver us from evil. And Emily, you know, Jennifer, Jennifer Carpenter, you know, chimes in and starts reciting it, the prayer with them. And at the end, like screams the end. Just like an ultimate fuck you to the priest, you know, if she is possessed, you know, this demon in her is not having it. <laughs> uh, but then it, it gets a little weird here. Like a bunch of cats get into the fucking house somehow and they like start attacking everybody. And it's just enough for Emily to like jump out of the fucking window and take off to the barn. And so obviously they have to go and, you know, chase her and. There's wind, you know, that picks up and she's in the barn and snakes are falling from the fucking roof. And, you know, the horse kicks dad in the face and, um, and she's just so good in this. I mean, it, it does really seem like she's possessed. She does a great fucking job. I can't praise her enough. I know I keep talking about it, but she is fantastic. Uh, that's why I wish there was just a little bit more um, of her in this because it felt like they, f they focused so much on the trial and not so much. Emily Rose herself, uh, but maybe, maybe less is more, you know, maybe a little bit more of her would have, you know, taken away from what we did get. Um, so typical, you know, exorcism stuff, they start spouting off different languages and I am this demon and I am this demon. And then it's like, I am Satan. And that's always just so anticlimactic for me. Uh, I can never say that word correctly. So forgive me. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know if it's just overused. So many things in horror movies are overused, so it's hard to like break through and be original and really have that impact. But as I mentioned with the uh, the Pope's Exorcist episode, you know, I'm so tired of hearing like these intense demons, these these high ranking demons in hell and Satan and all this stuff, and they just get exorcised every time, you know, and everything's fine and they go away. You know, <laughs> if they were so bad. And, and powerful and awesome and what you know what not awesome you get my you know what I mean um they'd be a little harder to deal with than just hearing some mean words you know well mean to them <laughs> um I don't know it just feels like they're they're so easy you know is intense and they come in hot um they tend to just get dealt with very quickly and easily so uh shout out to Tom Wilkinson by the way as as father Moore he is great also he he comes off as a very you know, uh, kind of, uh, empath, like an em empathetic, like he, he does, you feel bad for him. You feel like he's a real person that, that saw some shit and he just wants to like, yeah, I mean, if I go to jail, whatever, uh, I just want to make sure that like everybody knows about her story and what she did and how amazing she was and that this could happen to you too. If you don't go to church kids, <laughs> um, so Aaron's starting with her job. She has a decision to make. Uh, Father Moore just wants to finish his story. That's it. So he gets back. And this is where it gets a little emotional. Uh, Father Moore gets back up on the stand, talks about this letter that he was given to, uh, from Emily right before she died. Um, 
And apparently Emily claims to have seen the Virgin Mary and has essentially given it out. You know, you can come with me right now and you will be free of all your pain and all that stuff. Or you can go back and uh, suffer with these demons until they kill you. And uh, she says that she stays. And uh, apparently, you know, stigmata forms. That's where they get like the, the puncture wounds in the hands. It's a it's a sign that one has been touched by God, which I didn't know. Um, quickly attacked by the defense saying that she just grabbed a barbed wire in one of her episodes. <laughs> uh, but you really aren't sure. Sorry, I just swear to God, I just heard a fucking noise behind me and I turned and looked. Uh, this movie has me on edge. <laughs> That's why it's a 9 out of 10. If you haven't seen it or haven't watched it in a while, go fucking watch it. It's great. Um, still holds up. Watch it at night. Really just, you know, where you can have the volume on or get creeped out. Oof. Um, anyway, so trial's going on. And I didn't remember what happened. So this was great for me because it felt like I was watching it for the first time again. That's what I like about doing, you know, that's what I like to do with horror movies. Uh, is that if I do really enjoy one, I don't watch it over and over and over again. Um, some of them I do because, you know, like I'll watch Terrifier over and over again because I just love art and I love the kills uh, and they're great. But, you know, you watch something like Hereditary or or even this or Insidious or Mama or, you know, those are some of my favorites and they hold that creepy value because I don't watch them all the time. Uh, so I don't remember exactly when that jump scare is going to happen, but then I do, you know, still get the effect. Anyway, um, Father Moore is found guilty of negligent homicide, as the priests were in real life. But the jury also recommend that the time has, that he suffered enough in, in dealing with all of this and that they consider his time served. So he is a, he's guilty of negligent homicide. Um but he's also free to go. So again, I'm not sure why this movie wasn't, you know, um, rated higher. Uh, I, I don't know if people do understand that this is, you know, almost a very true to life, uh, depiction of what happened to Annalise Michelle, uh, one of the most famous documented exorcisms of all time, and probably the most well-documented. And, um, I mean, that's what I liked about it is that it, it, it didn't go Hollywood and go, you know, above and beyond where, you know, she's throwing people across the room with her psychedelic powers or, you know, you know what I mean? It just, it, it, it felt real. It felt like something that could happen. Um, and I think the only thing that I didn't like was that maybe, maybe her, her part was a little rushed, you know, and the movie wasn't that long. I don't even know if it was two hours. Um, but it would have been cool to see a little bit more of Emily Rose's story you know, so you can kind of care about the character a little more. Uh, you don't really get a chance. You just see like, oh, this is, you know, pretty young girl, looks innocent, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden she's just got a demon and she's fighting it, you know, until she dies. <laughs> she's in the movie for like, I, mean, I don't know, I have to look that up what her actual screen time is, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not very long, maybe 10 minutes total. I don't know, 15. I don't know. Um, yeah, but that's that's about it. Again, this is a 9 out of 10 for us. Uh, really liked it. If you haven't seen it, go. go. I mean, again, by the end of this podcast, I'm sure you would have listened to or watched it already. 
Uh, that seems to be the feedback that people listen to the ones, and that's how I am uh, with other horror movie podcasts, is that I only watch or listen to the stuff that I have seen. Because um, I want to like, oh yeah, I like that about that too. Oh yeah, I like that. Oh, I remember that part, you know, that shit. Uh, but that's it. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, all the cool support going on. This is neat. Uh, we're going to be talking to some guests here in the future. I know I did talk about that, but we got a little buffer here as far as some episodes. Um, this isn't getting released until mid-September, but it's uh, mid-August right now. So I still have like a month's worth of um, content to come out before we get here so in the meantime i'm going to try to get some uh maybe some merch if anybody's interested in something like that we'll start off very small just like stickers and everything probably just stickers actually so <laughs> um but you know this this new horror page that we're on the horror horror reviews by the collective uh go check it out uh, we had a lot of great writers on there really digging in uh deep dives trying to find some cool stuff for people I mean, there's shit that I have never, ever heard of, and I never would have found out. You know, I thought I'd, I'd deep dive a little bit, but they, they constantly find some gems and everything, and you just, he's got to keep looking, man. Oh, they do a good job at that, so. But, um, yeah, hopefully some exciting things coming coming over there as well. Uh, I do believe we're going to be trying to, uh, you know, get a logo up and running and start trying to maybe do a once-a-month episode with those guys and, and gals. Um could be cool so i like where this is heading this is fun it's getting more fun um looking to do a local thing with uh the the, the guys over at uh fueled by hops uh, out of pittsburgh they're a big beer group if you're not from pittsburgh they are like a national beer group we have people in like colorado that are a part of it in florida and ohio and you know you name it i mean it's like a countrywide one that was the point it was just a cool spot for people to drink beer and that's it. <laughs> Do cool things beer related. Um, but they're having a haunted beer fest in October. And I wanted to do maybe next year we can get this together if they do it again. Um, you know, an on site uh episode with with the people that put that together. Like, you know, maybe the, the owner of the brewery that they hold it at, or you know, the the guy, the manager administrator i guess admin <laughs> of uh of fuel by hops maybe the creator can come on i know he stepped down a little bit as of recently but just cool stuff you know that's what we're here for we're trying to do cool things and uh yeah so go get an eibach if you want to try something cool uh they're pretty cheap you can find them pretty much in, they're all in, they're in the weird beer section like all the old imports and stuff you can find these things tucked away for a couple bucks um but save it for when it's like a nice cold fall day or, you know, you want something a little roasty to, you know, warm you up. But uh, that's about it. Thanks for the uh, let me rant here at the end. Hope you guys enjoyed everything and we will tune in next week. Don't know the movie yet. So uh, keep you on your toes till then. We'll, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> what an idiot. Cheers.